Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. Good morning, everybody. I, I love hearing people's stories, so thank you, Mia, for for sharing your story with us. And not to not validate Ruth's prayer, but I just like to pray before we begin uh, the sermon. So let's go to God. Lord, you truly are wonderful. You truly are amazing. You are a good and faithful God. And this morning, may you remind us how much we need you. May you put a fire within each one of us uh, to long to know you more. And God, I just feel honored to preach your word. And I just commend myself to you as your servant. God, may you speak to our hearts this morning. May your spirit move in this place. And may you have your way with each one of us. We pray this in in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I know all of us have had a bad day from time to time. And a few years ago, I found myself uh, in a season. It was more than a string of bad days. It was a season of discouragement. And I'll never forget one day in particular. It was kind of the pinnacle of this season. And that day, I felt the press of the enemy within me. He was feeding me all sorts of lies calling my heart away from God. And I was really wrestling that day with certain questions and certain doubts. For example, I was asking the question, what am I doing with my life? Meaning, is it really worth it to be a pastor? And it got even darker than that, to the point of asking, is it really worth it? to follow Jesus. I'm not proud to share that with you. But I praise God because in that moment, he saved me. He literally rescued me through his word. And in a flash of a moment, he brought to mind two different scriptures. The first one is from John 6. And Jesus has just taught a very difficult teaching. And many of his disciples are turning their back on Jesus and no longer following him. It was the very point that I was at. And Simon Peter, who's always so quick to speak up, but this time he didn't put his foot in his mouth. And Jesus says, you do not want to leave too, do you, to the twelve? And Simon answered him, and these words cut me at the heart that day. Lord, to whom shall we go? Who else would we follow but you? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe 
and to know that you are the Holy One of Israel. The second phrase that God brought to my mind that day was from 1 Corinthians 6. Just a simple phrase. You were bought with a price. You were bought with a price. These two scriptures reminded me that giving my life to Jesus and following him is the best way to live. And I no longer belong to myself. I belong to him. So why do I share this with you this morning? What does this have to do with a noble Bereans? I share it with you because I know that following Jesus is not always easy. There will be days or seasons when you will want to give up and say, forget this. And the big lesson that I learned that day looking back is how important the word of God is in order to follow Jesus well. You see, in that moment, I didn't pick up my Bible. But over years of reading the scriptures, God brought to the surface things that he had planted deeply within me. The word of God is so important to each one of us. And we live in a very challenging world. There's definitely a battle that rages within, but there's a battle within our culture. And our culture is not neutral to the things of God. Every day we are being fed messages calling our heart away from Jesus. I mean, if you go to the shopping mall, you will be fed things like, this is what your face or your body needs to look like in order to be beautiful. Or these are the clothes that you need to wear in order to be a person of status or significance. If you're watching TV, you're seeing commercial after commercial telling you that you need to drive this car. Your house needs to look like this or your kids need to behave like this in order to be successful. We are being bombarded with lies day after day and often we don't even know it. And to withstand these messages... We constantly need to be shaped by the truth, the truth of God's word. This morning as we dive into Acts 17, we'll be reminded again that we need the word of God in our lives every single day. So if you have a Bible, turn to Acts 17, verses 10 through 15. I do have it on the slides too, so. As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women, And many Greek men. But when the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, some of them went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. The believers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. 
those who escorted Paul brought him to the Athens, to Athens, and then left with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. So the Apostle Paul had just been in the city of Thessalonica. And in, in that city, he faced a great opposition. So the believers there said, you know, Paul, go on your way. You need to leave now. And it's amazing how the Apostle Paul was always getting himself in trouble. And when the word of God is preached faithfully, it will face opposition in our world. So Paul takes off and heads on to Berea. And Berea was a, about a 50-mile journey from Thessalonica. So it's a pretty far trip. And after Paul arrives in Berea, he doesn't check in to the Berean bed and breakfast to get some R&R. He immediately goes to the synagogue to preach the word of God. I mean, this guy is relentless. His passion to preach the gospel outweighs any concern for his life or safety. What he finds in Berea is a people far different than the people in Thessalonica. The scriptures give us a few clues, and the first one is they were of more noble character. In our community group the other night, we were talking about the word noble, and we really don't use that in our modern-day culture. But it has the sense of being distinguished, of high class, cultured, everything that I am not, honestly. But my wife is more noble than I am. And one of the things that my wife loves is Jane Austen, uh, her stories, her writings. And because of my love for my wife, I have seen countless versions of the movie Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> so right here we have Mr. Darcy and Miss Elizabeth Bennet. That's what I think of when I think of noble. And the, the women are wearing those formal dresses all the time. And the men have those ruffled shirts. I mean, will those ever come back in style? I don't think so. But high class, distinguished. But the thing about the, the text in Acts 17 is the word noble here means open-minded. The Bereans were open to listen to new things. They were eager to hear new things. And they were willing to, dis, to explore and discover so unlike the Thessalonians, the Bereans received the message uh, with an openness, a willingness to hear. And what, what makes the Bereans, <clears throat> Bereans really special is their commitment and devotion to the scriptures. Now at this point, the New, New Testament writings had not been completed. Uh, so the Bereans are going back to the Old Testament scriptures. And they're cross-checking everything that Paul is saying. And this is where I want to focus in this morning. The Bereans held God's word in such high regard. And as you remember from the beginning, our culture is not neutral to the things of God. And we will be reminded this morning that we desperately need God's word on a daily basis. Daily intake of God's word is necessary for us to grow in Christ and to follow him. We desperately need God's word on a daily basis. 
And I know what you're thinking. Most of us in this room would acknowledge right away, I know I need to read the Bible more. And I know it'd be very easy for us to just start beating ourselves up right now. So this morning, I don't want us to play the shame game or to give ourselves a spiritual spanking. I want us to begin by really doing a heart check and looking at what is my relationship with God's word like today? So the first point is, are you hungry? Are you craving the word of God in your life? You know, I'm kind of weird. So from time to time, I feel the need to purge my body and just get better with my eating habits. So I'm currently in the midst of phase one of South Beach right now. Has anybody ever done South Beach? Any guys in the room? Okay, Hans, man. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, you know, Pastor Dave found out about this. He's like, he thinks I'm trying to get more sexy. And I'm like, brother, I, I, gave, up on that, I gave up on that a long time ago. Trust me. But right now, I'm, I'm craving a lot of different things. And what makes the Bereans special is they were craving the word of God in their lives. Acts 17, 11 says, it says the Bereans received the message with great eagerness. There was a a genuine desire there, a craving to hear the truth in their lives. Their lives were not only open-minded, but there was a sincere passion for the word of God. And I think, I really believe when it comes to cultivating a desire for the word of God, I think the first place to start is really to look within And where are you at today? I think a lot of times we try to pretend with God, and it's hard for us to be really brutally honest with him. But the truth is God knows where you're at. So what has your relationship with the word of God been like the last few months? I mean, some of you, if you were being brutally honest, would say, I don't know what the big deal is with the Bible. I come here on Sunday mornings and I hear a sermon and that's really enough for you. You don't engage the Bible personally on your own. And that's, that's where you're at today. And some of you have tried to read the Bible and it's just dry or boring. I think sometimes we think it's blasphemous to say that, but I think we need to be honest with where you're at. Maybe some of you have read the Bible in the past, maybe from cover to cover. And you kind of feel like, I've been there, I've done that, and now I'm moving on to other things. And others of you are very uh, devoted to the scriptures. Uh, Yet it often becomes more of a duty than a delight. And you're just going through the motions. And this is where I find myself often, just going through the motions then some of you are really hungry in this season. And praise God for that. But you generally look forward to spending time in God's word and you're connecting with him through the scriptures. Where are you at? Will you be honest with yourself and honest with God? I really believe this is the starting place to developing that craving 
for the word of God. So after we're honest, how do we move forward in cultivating that desire? And I really believe this is very simple, but ask God to ignite a passion for his word within you. I think, think often we forget how helpless we truly are. I mean, when you think about the human body, uh, we are very helpless. I mean, I'm not telling my, my heart when to pump blood or my lungs to breathe oxygen. We are completely out of the loop of power. And yet I think we get so accustomed to being able to manage and control things in our lives. So when it comes to God's word, we quickly move to action and discipline, which is a good thing. But I really believe the starting place is to ask God honestly that he would ignite that craving within you. One of my favorite books of scriptures is the book of Psalms. The psalmists portray very honestly uh, their, their relationship with God, the ups and downs, the passionate moments, the hard moments. And Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in scripture. Yet it talks about the greatness of God's word. If you're struggling with desire for God's word, or even understanding why the word should be important in your life, I would consider and challenge, I would ask you to consider and challenge you to read through Psalm 119 very slowly and turn the words of Scripture into prayers. So, for example, Psalm 119.16. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. And turning that into a prayer, God, may I be a man or woman who delights in your word. May I not neglect your word throughout the day. Or Psalm 119.18. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. So if you're just going through the motions and spending time in the word, maybe praying this prayer. God, as I open your word, may you open my eyes again. to The beauty and the wonder of your truth and who you are. Psalm 119.97. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Even praying just very humbly, God, I know this is not true of me now, but may I be a person who loves your word, who can't get enough of it day in and day out. And I believe these prayers are prayers that God would delight to hear and delight to answer. The Bereans were eager for the word of God. They had that craving, that hunger. And not only were they hungry for it, they ate it up on a daily basis. So second point is, are you eating daily? That girl is so cute, isn't she? Are you eating daily? Daily devotion to God's word. Acts 17, 11 says that they examine the scriptures every day. I don't believe this practice started once Paul arrived on the scene. I think this is something they were giving themselves to over time. 
daily intake of the scriptures. They were devoted to God's word. And they gave it a sense of priority and authority in their everyday life. Devotion means profound dedication or earnest attachment. And I don't think, honestly, we struggle with understanding devotion. Just curious, how many White Sox fans in the room? Show of hands. I'm a Sox fan, so. Man, we are few. How many Cubs fans? Okay, okay. Disclaimer, I'm not a Cubs fan, but I do admire the devotion of their fans. So here's a handful of Cubs fans. I couldn't resist the Richard Simmons picture. It's my little jab at the Cubs fans. But 102 years without a World Series championship, the longest drought in North American professional sports teams. And yet year after year, Wrigley Field is packed with unwavering fans. This is going to be the year. I love that sign. It's going to happen. Profound dedication, earnest attachment, and a little bit of craziness. That's, that's devotion. I had a significant moment uh, a few months ago. I, I saw a neighbor that I hadn't seen in a while. And so we were kind of catching up, and she asked me, how's my summer been going? And my reply honestly haunts me. Uh, but it's a reply we often give. I told her, it's been a busy summer. I mean, how often do we reply with, I'm busy? And uh, God really convicted me that day. And I made a little pact with him that I'm not going to play the busy card anymore in conversation or in my daily life. You see, we don't have a problem with devotion. We dedicate and attach ourselves to many things, like sports teams, watching the news, TV shows, golf, shopping, video games. And and none of these are bad things, okay? So we're not playing the shame game. But just shooting straight here, when it comes to our devotion to God's word, let's not play the busy card anymore. All of us will make time for things that we desire, and care about. This is not about being busy. It's a matter of desire and priorities. I can make time once a week to watch an NFL game for four hours. So I can't be that busy. So let's throw away the busy card. Deuteronomy 8.3 says, People do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of of the Lord. Just as we need food on a daily basis, we need the truth from God's word. There is that daily necessity in our life. And as we're praying about growing in hunger for God's word, I believe he's going to answer that prayer as we're praying it. We will find we will want to find ways to satisfy that hunger and put first things first. So this morning, as a community of believers, can we just put a stake in the ground 
and not play the busy card anymore and start putting first things first. And wherever you're at, if you're already engaging in God's word on a daily basis or if you're not, I think each of us can take steps to put first things first. And this doesn't have to be burdensome. And so I want to get really practical right now. Maybe some of you are really devoted to Facebook. And uh, you're on there every day. You know who you are. And what about beginning a new habit? Uh, Before you log into Facebook, just taking a few minutes in the Word of God. Build on an existing rhythm and add the Word of God into it and put first things first. The men in the room doing fantasy football. Trust me, I know how much time you can spend on that. But what about showing God that his word is first? Before you click on ESPN, spend a few minutes in the word of God, asking him to give you that hunger. The other day I was meeting someone for an appointment and they were a few minutes late. And I'm not a patient person, so I'm always anxiously waiting. And and I just checked my email about 15 minutes ago. But my natural habit is to go to my phone and check my email. And in that that moment, I just decided, you know what? I have the Bible on my phone. I'm just going to go and read it. And I find in those moments when I just kind of naturally go to the Word of God, it's very rich. Or when you get to work, maybe before logging on, uh, just have your Bible at your desk and either work on memorizing a a scripture verse or uh, just read a passage, a psalm before you begin work. Each of us can take a step, and this doesn't have to be burdensome, and put the word of God first onto existing rhythms in our lives. So the final point, are you chewing? Are you chewing? Going deeper into the word of God personally. It's important to note that the Bereans didn't just accept what Paul told them. It says they examined the scriptures every day to see what Paul said was true. They did their homework. They took time to engage the Old Testament scriptures. They examined it. They gave careful attention to the detail. If you guys are familiar with snakes... um, I'm not that familiar with them, but that picture's kind of gross. I'm sorry for that. Um, but they are strictly carnivores. They are, they are meat lovers like many of you. And they can't chew or tear their prey. So what they have to do is they have to swallow it whole. Just one big gulp on their prey. And it's amazing what they can actually eat. There's a video online of a snake swallowing a hippo whole. Check it out. Google it. But this, this is a a snake swallowing an egg. And some of you, you come here on Sunday mornings and you're kind of like a snake when it comes to the word of God. I'm not saying you're evil, (laughs) but you take in the sermon and you swallow it whole. And then you're done with it. And you wait till next week. You take in the sermon. You swallow it whole. 
and it's gone. It's a once a week deal. You really don't take time to chew, reflect, let the word of God penetrate your hearts. And honestly, we can do this with our devotional time too, where we just read the Bible and it's in one ear and out the other. We don't chew on it. Both my uh, grandpas are dairy farmers, so I have uh, an affection for cows. And cows are one of the many mammals that go through a complicated process of digesting their food. When a cow is eating grass or hay, it immediately gets sent to the stomach, but it doesn't stay there. It gets sent back up. It's regurgitated in like a semi-digested mass called the cud. The the cow will chew the cud until it's broken down completely, going back into the stomach. And this process is called ruminating. And I asked Pastor Frank to come up here and demonstrate the process. No, just kidding. But aren't you glad that we are not ruminating mammals? I mean, that's just so gross. But don't miss the point here. The brands took time to digest what Paul was saying. And they examined it against Scripture. And we're called to ruminate on the Word, to be like cows instead of snakes, and learn to slowly process the Word of God in our lives and let it transform our hearts. So when it comes to God's Word, He's saying to us, please chew Please ruminate on my word. Sit with it. Digest it. Reflect on it. Ponder it. In Joshua chapter 1, God says to Joshua, keep this book of the law on your lips. Meditate Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. God's calling Joshua to ruminate on the word day and night. Ponder the word of God deeply. And I love how our church has a a great resource for chewing on the word of God. This is the water's edge for those of you who aren't familiar with it. And each month we put this out and it's a daily devotional guide that's connected to what our community groups are studying in the scriptures and what the Sunday sermon will be. So if you're not doing anything in the word of God on your own, I would encourage you to pick up a water's edge. You can get it in the back at the info table or you can download it online for free. But this is a great resource for chewing on the word of God every day. One kind of final warning and invitation. These are the words of Jesus to the religious leaders of the day. John 5, 39 through 40. Jesus says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you possess eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. 
Jesus is laying on a thick rebuke to the Pharisees who are so devoted to the scriptures, yet they've missed the whole point, which is preparing the way for the coming Messiah. And I don't know about you, but the way I'm wired, I can make a great Pharisee. I can be diligent and disciplined and devoted in the word of God, but miss the whole point, connecting with God and with Jesus. Our devotion to the scriptures is not for us to get big-headed. It's a pathway to know the living God, to grow in worship of him by understanding who he really is, to grow in relationship and connection to him, and to learn how to live a life that will honor and please him. If our engagement in the word just becomes a duty to make us feel like good Christians, we've missed out on the great invitation that God gives us through his word to know and to love and to worship Christ. The world we live in is not neutral to the things of God. Don't forget, we are being fed lies every single day. They're pulling us away from the truth. So we desperately need God's word on a daily basis in order to follow Jesus well. Are you hungry for the word of God? I'll be honest, like the last few months, I haven't been as hungry for the word of God. And this message and my preparation has really challenged me personally. So everything I'm saying to you, I'm saying to myself. And I've been praying a prayer lately, very simply, that I, each one of us can pray. God, give me a hunger to know you through your word. God, give me a hunger to know you through your word. Are you eating daily? We need spiritual nourishment every day from the word of God. Let's put first things first. It doesn't have to be burdensome. Build onto an existing rhythm in your life. And are you chewing? Are you pondering and reflecting and meditating on the word of God? Letting it shape your mind and your heart. Maybe a step for you is just to begin reading through Psalm 119. Just start meditating on one verse at a time. Asking God for that hunger. The great Methodist preacher and evangelist John Wesley once referred to himself as a man of one book. And Wesley was well-read. He was cultured. He was noble. But he recognized that the scriptures are the one book that he's going to give his devotion to, his life to. My prayer for our church is that we would be known as a people of one book, 
the word of God. That we would hunger for it. That we would eat of it daily. And chew on it deeply. All so that we can love and follow Jesus well. Amen. I just want to give you just a moment to reflect. What is God saying to you about your relationship with the word of God? Just take, take a minute and think about that. God, we, uh, we thank you for your word and what a gift it is to us. Because you loved us so much, you have revealed yourself to us and given us your word to do that. I pray for each person here, God. First, I pray against the spirit of condemnation. There would not be shame in this room. But God, if there needs to be repentance and genuine conviction by your Holy Spirit, would you do that in us? God, we want to know you. We really want to know you. So God, would you give us a renewed hunger for you? Would you reawaken us today? God, may we be hungry to know you through your word. And God, as a community of believers, may we not be afraid to challenge each other, to sharpen one another, to call out in one one another strength and devotion to you and your word. God, may we be a people of one book who are eager, hungry, who let your word sink deeply into our hearts so that we may be transformed and changed. All for your glory, God. All for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.